the Pilot TV podcast this week, we're packing up and heading on our holidays for another stay at the White Lotus on Sky, discovering that everything old is new again in Reboot on Disney+, and getting to grips with some cruel intentions in the new serialised adaptation of Dangerous Liaisons on the channel formerly known as Stars Play, Lionsgate+. Plus. I'm James Dyer and welcome to the Pilot TV Podcast, your essential guide to every show that matters and a podcast that hopefully has more treats than tricks in store for you this week as we go out on All Hallows' Eve. But who better to go knocking on doors and essentially mugging people for chocolate with than my two co-hosts? For I am joined this Halloween by Boyd Helton and Death Webb. Hello. Oh, very good. Yeah. yeah. My, my name is like custom for Halloween. I always get the best like you know you can do a sort of Halloween Twitter handle and I always do like, I hate that practice oh I love I, it because I, I get to be it. I get to be um, Beth becomes her but, oh that's oh. good yeah. that is good yeah isn't it so yeah. I, I quite like that and are you James James no I'd never change mine because I think it's it's Bellendry of the highest order so I refuse to participate but Dyer is good as well yeah, yeah. yeah I could, all the things that I could do but I do none of them Boyd <laughs> because I like to think I'm terrifying all year round so well, that's, that's uh, not wrong that is yeah. true that is accurate yeah, yeah. no I refuse I refuse to do that died a her died yeah. here James died something like that yeah, yeah. not having mm-hmm. it I'd like to uh, apologise to everyone on behalf of this microphone so last week uh, when <laughs> oh listening through it, I did realise I sounded very odd and bassy Bassist? I don't know, bassy. Uh, and, uh, and raging bassist. A uh, raging bassist I was. Uh, and uh, and I was like, oh, I don't sound like that. That doesn't sound good at all. And Darren, Darren, who I've not mentioned on this podcast before, Darren is our, our new editor. So he is helping me edit the podcast, which is very, very exciting. He is currently my favourite human being alive, so that's nice. Um, but he did point out that I sounded more of a bellend than usual because of that. And we are back in the same studio today, so the bellend filter is in place. So if I sound you're, weird... You're blaming the mic now. Yeah. For my yeah, 100%. Yeah, so anything you say this week yeah. that you don't agree with, it's because of this mic. That's that's, ridiculous. that's what we're saying. I yeah. think James yeah. has started his campaign to be the next prime minister, that's already yeah. already yeah, delegating yeah. his bellendry to yeah. every other reason yeah. under yeah. the sun than yeah. himself. It's so. 100% the mic. Or maybe the new home secretary. Do you think? <laughs> do you think I'll make a good that's home the secretary? Worst. You think that's that's the position for the worst of the worst. Yeah. Mm. If you look at the recent Home Secretaries and yeah. current Home Secretaries, if we're getting into it, but yeah, well, not getting into it. Um, yeah, but anyway, shout out to Darren, who yeah. also is um, organi- organizes a thing at um, Leeds University. I mean, I'm stuck in Leeds Trinity University. Le- yes, yeah, let's it. be specific. Well, you did a talk, didn't you? I did for their special media week thing. Yes, and now I'm doing it. You it's, are. I, I I do a series <gasps> of. I often am asked to do podcasts and live events when that James has already done, yeah. and I'm like when they've. <laughs> They've run out of James Dyer. I'm like, yeah, I coasted on this, t- and, and then I do it. Yeah, so yeah. I'm doing that in a couple of weeks' time. Is yeah. it that, or was I like the support act, like the warm up, and then you're the main uh, event? No, I think you're the main event. You think? Yeah, you're, you're the one asked first. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's yeah. a series of literally a series of podcasts where I follow in your footsteps. I imagine admissions <laughs> to that course just plummeted after I did my oh, talk last yeah, year. So, yeah. so, so maybe yeah. I'll arouse them into uh, some level of excitement. Hot yeah, fact: I was charging my headphones this morning with my Leeds Trinity oh. USB battery oh. charger it's thing that Darren sent me. Fact. Okay. Yeah, I mean, okay. it's not even a tepid fact. It's basically a cold fact, but it is true. But now that I know they exist, I'll be uh, yeah, asking for them. That's, yeah. that, that, that's, that's, that's your recompense, boy. You do this talk and you'll get a, a, yeah. a Leeds Trinity USB <laughs> charging device. Woo! 
Yeah. Live the dream. Can you get me one? Can I have yeah, one? Yeah, of course. Thank you, yeah. boys. Um, obviously, pencil yourself in for next year. Yeah, oh, that's oh, it. Yeah. All right, Beth. Just saying. Just saying. Oh, plan C. <laughs> <laughs> Beth <Webb. Yes. laughs> But I should point out, obviously, we mentioned the Halloween stuff uh, to begin with. So I, mm. I've been on holiday this week. This is my first oh, day yeah. back mm. at work. I went on holiday to Dartmoor in Devon, wow. where I stayed in what can only be described as a cross between Hill House and Bly Manor. Oh. Uh, so it was a very no. old sort of country manor house from... 1890. Right. The decor dates from a similar era. And uh, I got there. So so it would be fine. And it was fine when my friends arrived. But I was the first to arrive by about two hours. Mm. And so just to give you an idea, it's the middle of sort of Dartmoor National Park. It's very, very deserted. And you've got this real winding road that's only just wide enough to fit the car. Like sort of, n- like no houses for miles around. Yeah. Long winding driveway. And it's just this creepy ass 19th century house. And I go inside and I'm just like, oh my God. I, l- let me put it this way. If I was playing Haunted House Bingo, <laughs> I'd be a rich man. Like I would I would have filled my card in the first five minutes because you go in there and it's just there's pictures of long dead relatives no, on the walls. No. There no. was a creepy old rocking horse in the corner wow. of the front room. Uh, sorry, not the front room, the parlour. The were parlor. there dolls lined on the shelves? Oh, no. Funny, funny you should say no. that. No. <laughs> not only were there dolls, there no. was a handmade, hand-carved doll's house at the top of the no. stairs. No. This, I, is, this is a deliberate yeah, Halloween house. You, yeah. it's did you, did you hire it in no. from, from the haunted house <laughs> strands of genuinely, it genuinely, there was a creepy outbuilding with the door slightly ajar. Oh you went in there and... Did uh, you go into the basement? Well... <laughs> Funny you Have you seen the film point. Barbarian? I, no, it's funny. So I was supposed to review Barbarian for the podcast this week, but I said to Chris, look, I can't do the podcast this week. I'm not going to have time to watch it. And I was sending him pictures from the house. He's like, you're really lucky you didn't watch Barbarian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but I go to so the servant staircase at the back. When, there weren't servants there, obviously, because they're all dead. But uh, we get to that, and I swear oh, to God, they? by the back door, there were 22 pairs of shoes just lined <gasps> up along the back wall, presumably from the guests who never left. Oh, my God. Many of them were wellies, but lots of shoes and then if you went past the shoes to the back door there was a little it's almost like a little gate like waist high gate and you look down and it was a stone unfinished stone staircase leading down to the basement it was pitch black and I was texting Nick and Chris and I was like do you dare me to go down to the basement do you dare me to go down to the basement I was like I'm going down into the basement and I was filming it because I'm like someone is going to find my phone and that's going to be the only evidence I was ever at this house so it's a found footage horror film is what this is Mm. The basement was everything you dreamed it would be. It had heavy Blair Witch vibes. It was just this sort of like concrete floor. It was all shadows and dark and strange objects. No light in there whatsoever. And I lasted maybe 20, 30 seconds before running, screaming back up the stairs. And those two hours... Moment, until you got my... the footage? I've got pictures. No, I will put pictures up on my Instagram so people can see this. I'll put it on my stories and possibly on Twitter as well. But genuinely, this house scared the living shit out of me absolutely That's terrified funny. me I can't even begin to tell you it's so funny because um, the fact that you did actually dare yourself to go down the set because because um, Barbarian which I won't spoil yeah. for everyone which is out, I think it's out this week isn't it is, yeah. is all about going down and the scenes where everyone goes down into the basement in the audience everyone's going oh fuck off no one would ever do that it's ridiculous <laughs> you are living proof on my own you are living yeah. proof yeah. that that's what people exactly. do but the thing is you think you've got I've got to do it I've got to yeah. do it I've got to. but also yeah. part of me was like I felt the need to kind of scout out the whole of the house mm. because inevitably 
it was light. And I thought, well, when darkness falls and the demons come, I'm going to need to know what my points of egress are. How do I get out? Which oh. doors lock? Which doors don't? And like yeah. the front door. So it was just a, a big mortise lock. And I turned the mortise lock. And then I turned the mortise lock. And then I walked away and then I went, hang on a minute. I've seen too many films to leave the key in the lock because when I come back, yeah. that key's going to be gone. Yeah. So I took the key and I kept it in my pocket. I thought, I'm keeping this key on me at all times. And there was a there was a side door out of the parlour as well, which I noticed didn't lock properly. I'm like, right, okay, get out there in case of maniacs. It was it was all it was it was all a bit like that. It was God. Very, 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 very frightening. English horror story. Well, also the weather. So it was it was thunder, lightning, no. lashing rain. Like well, you remember what the weather was like earlier Not this really. week. Really rainy. So it was proper stormy weather. Oh and God. when you looked outside, so there was a little sort of like a, a patio that looked out into a valley, it just dropped straight down into this valley. So all you could see was this deep valley down and then the hill on the other side. It's all just trees. No lights, no nothing, no other houses. This was a trick played on you by your yeah. mate. Your friends have, have successfully played this elaborate... Or if, they, if none of them had turned out and I'd had to spend the night there alone. Because, okay, and here's the other thing. No reception of any kind. <laughs> This of is, any kind. This However, is and this is because it's a modern haunted house, the Wi-Fi worked beautifully. It was oh. getting, you know, I'd, I'd really, oh. I'd full signal. So while I couldn't actually call for help, I could furiously WhatsApp people and post on Twitter. So I've, I've got a quick question. So, I mean, you wouldn't have gone into this house completely blind. Oh, I did. So you didn't look on Booking.com no. or Airbnb or... No, my friends booked it and I wanted nothing to do with it. I was, they, they booked it and I went, yeah, yeah, they said come down, they just gave me the address. I went, yeah, yeah, I'll see you down there. I didn't even look at it before I got there. Elaborate trick. Didn't even look at it. It's the whole thing's... Uh, whole things they did but I'll show you the thing, I mean, genuinely, it was horrifying. No, you keep those, thank you. I'm all right. That sounds absolutely but, horrifying. And I can't emphasize this enough, fiber optic broadband. So, you know, modern hauntings. Yeah. The Dire Witch Project. That's it. See the That's what it was. Sound footage of you. I will. I will post some <laughs> of the pictures of the doll's house and the various the other things. And great. the pictures on the wall, they were all from like, I guess like, I want to say the early 70s, like very like faded pictures, mm, slightly yeah. curling at the edges, like all a bit like, hmm. No, you've got, you need to get some new friends, James. That's, that's horrible. Yeah. Absolutely horrible. Yeah. So that was my week. How was, yeah. how was yours? So you didn't watch anything. You just, uh, you just um, no. Actually, took part in actually, this real I watched life, very little this week because I have been living through situation. my own horror film. Okay. But uh, but if we're going to go into what we've been watching, I will say I've watched a few more episodes of uh, Fate the Wink Saga. I got up oh, early, God. actually, a couple of mornings. I say got up early. The clanking of chains and the grinding of things oh in the hallway woke me up. Genuinely got up at half five, went downstairs, and uh, mainlined a few episodes of uh, of Winks. Um, I'm cool. still on the fence about it. I'm enjoying it in a guilty pleasure kind of way. Right, but. Yeah, it's very silly. <laughs> I mean, this is not not a new no, information. No. Is, the, is, the, is the thruple still going on? No, no, the oh. thruple's a spoiler for Fake the Wink Saga. Sorry. Yeah, the thruple has broken up. Oh, God. Yeah, it all got a bit toxic, apparently. I mean, it's tough to sustain one. It is tough I to believe. sustain the thruple. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it takes a lot of work. It does, yeah. Mm. Right. Oh, okay. Also, also, not being funny, like the bed is like a... It's not even a double bed. It looks a bit like a... You cannot have a thruple oh in a, a one and a half bed. width bed. That's just ridiculous. No, that's ridiculous. Minimum king size, super king if possible, yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. So have you not caught up with um, House of the Dragon? So I have finished oh, okay. House of Dragon, so okay. I watched that. But that was, as we go out, that's, that's know, a full a week, week ago. ago. I yeah. know, but still, we could because we, we didn't see it, we hadn't seen it before the last one so mm. we'll see well I've seen now no spoilers obviously but mm. have we all seen it seen no and I, I won't so you're <laughs> you fine you won't you're absolutely fine yeah um I, I liked it. Yeah, it was good. It was. It was. Um, I liked it. It was good. Well done. <laughs> full, good. Fully, fully. That's a post well to quote for the through. ages. Yeah, I mean, it was quite predictable in a way. I predicted. Uh, do you know what I mean? I what in terms of like, uh, I'm, I'm not trying not to spoil it. What happens it's in the fun. end? I've I've followed it for my yeah. job, and yeah. I'm 
of the opinion, having not watched all but like two episodes, I mean, it, this something had to happen. This to happen. I feel like yes, yes. Oh yeah, completely. Yeah, and I, 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 I think I really, really enjoyed the series. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, but and but the finale, like w- the way they they bring in a character who you haven't really seen much of, mm. and then the thing someone makes a decision about that character and then the character goes off and you're like oh well, this is obviously what's going to happen yeah. and somehow yeah. I mean the way it happens I guess is the is was the exciting thing it's quite spectacular it was spectacular the way yeah. it's done it's only, it brought the visual uh, punch yeah. but you're right in terms of actual plot developments it felt if not slight maybe anticlimactic for for a season finale right. yeah but, but, but much in keeping with the whole kind yeah. of um, vibe of the show which Very has much been so talky and character driven and conversation driven and all so many scenes around mm. the the council what's it called the little council the small council the little small council, the little yeah. small council. Yeah. Um, i'm gonna i'm gonna enforce that in for empire meetings yeah. we're gonna have to bring balls with us and you stick them in your little dish whenever Definitely. you want to attend i might if you're gonna really follow the follow it though at any point someone could slice your head off that's true I mean, but that's a lot what our meetings are yeah. like at the moment yeah. So. Yeah, um so yeah. yeah i really enjoyed the series and i had a slight sense of of underwhelmingness about the finale fight but but then I think it's just setting us up for a whole. It's this whole series was like a setup for spectacular battles to come, isn't it? The whole, you know, civil war within mm. the houses. But do you houses. need a big like? Uh, don't get me no, wrong. I, I love a big no, battle as much as the next I person. Didn't need it, no. But you know, the f- the face acting in the final shot for yeah. me, like mm. that went quite a long way. Uh, You're right. I enjoyed. Great face acting, yeah. I enjoyed that some of the things that happened were so unintentional by all parties concerned. I really liked that, that yeah. it, was, it was all a bit like, this has got very out of hand and it's all because we should have known better, but we were just hitting about and it's just like, oh dear. Uh, yeah, yeah like those that. big negotiations on that wall, which is like the Great Wall of China or something. Do they not have a meeting room? Yeah, exactly. Like they they always do it room. on yeah. this yeah. fucking exactly. path. Um those scenes are fantastic. Yeah. yeah. No, so I'm I'm kind of discussing discussing it with myself in that. <laughs> On the one hand, I felt I was slightly underwhelmed, but that's because I w- I didn't even know what I was expecting. Yeah. But I actually admire and like the fact that it it it's snubbed spectacle, it spurned spectacle in favour of really interesting storyline. Yeah, I agree. Character, great character beats. Yeah, great. There was one thing like I I still think that Matt Smith's performance as Damon Targaryen oh. is incredible Love because him. that character I still don't know how I feel about him. Because he starts off, you think, oh, he's too much of a villain. And you're like, oh, he's not a villain, he's an anti-hero. And then there's a scene in this final episode where you're like, oh. oh horrendous, yeah. And I was like, oh, this is tricky. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm very much in two minds about how I feel about him. Yeah. I feel like you're describing every single character on both <laughs> I mean, iterations of this show. He's a bit of a shit, but actually I think I love him, but yeah. he's just done something abhorrent. Yeah. yeah, that's everyone. Yeah. He's he's pretty abhorrent. I mean, I don't think there's, there's no. I, I mean, I, he's, I get he's he's like he's like everyone's toxic boyfriend, isn't he? Like he's this sort of like lust yeah. object who's just Again, really problematic. Absolutely fucking everyone on the show. Everyone on the show is a problematic person. Yeah, that you you vie for and then you don't. I'm, true. Yeah. True. Uh, Emma Darcy is brilliant as well. I mean, they're all they're all. Fantastic. Yeah, Emma Darcy is she's, very good. Having having pined for Millie Alcock, I'm now she, yeah. I'm. I'm Feeling okay now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Same, same. So yeah, House of Dragon, very, very good. House of Dragon, very, very good. Um, Doctor Who, while we're on, <laughs> things that happened over a week ago. Big week, but yes. <laughs> a big week for things that happened over a week ago, but big we couldn't discuss because yeah. we hadn't seen the regeneration. Okay, yeah. so I need to ask a question. Now, I want to ask you what happened in the regeneration scene, but now I'm concerned that 
that that's a spoiler. But now I'm also thinking oh, anyone who even remotely yeah. gives a exactly. shit already knows. Exactly. So yeah. I'm now about to ask Boyd yes. what the final scene of that regeneration is, yeah. and he's going to tell me. If you don't want to know, oh, maybe oh, skip on. a minute yeah. forward. Yeah. But really, who cares? Right, Boyd. <laughs> well, this is our spoiler discussion. I mean, every anyone who's interested in Doctor Who will have seen it by now. That's my feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And anyone who doesn't know doesn't care. <laughs> so like a, tell me what happened. Because I haven't read anything about it. Tell me. Have you really not? No, oh, that's genuinely not. So I can what, guess. So what happened was, is that 13, Doctor number 13, Jodie yes. Whittaker, um, uh, regenerated into Doctor number 10, David Tennant. Which you said would happen. Which I said might happen. I generally yeah. didn't know, by the way. I, but, but putting two t- together, because it had already been announced that David Tennant was coming back in the 60th anniversary of Doctor Who specials, which are next year, which Russell T. Davis has um, created. Before then, Shooter Gatwa takes over, we assumed... You know, in full. Yeah. So it was the question was normally the, the doctor would would regenerate into the next doctor, big doctor will know about. But in this case, there's this whole gnarly, mysterious David Tennant thing going on that he's being brought back. So in fact, he regenerated into David Tennant, um, wearing the kind of clothes that Doctor Number Ten wore, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And he was like, "What's <laughs> he's like? What's going on? What's happening? I, yeah. I should have written down what he actually said, but <laughs> this I, but is I didn't. Better. This is yeah, it's good. Me, me paraphrasing it. Yeah, <laughs> it was brilliantly done. Then, almost like a kind of further deliberate act of Doctor Who-ness about that regeneration, they then aired a teaser trailer for the 60th anniversary specials with David Tennant, and who pops up in that? Trailer, but Shooty Gatwa. What? Yes, as the what they what in the press release they're describing as the fifteenth Doctor, and the press release says that um, the new David Tennant incarnation is Doctor number fourteen, and Shooty Gatwa is number fifteen, and that he is going to appear as he does in the clip of the of the of the specials uh, in in that show. Further than not only that, but eagle-eyed Whovians like myself spotted quite quickly because they sent out, by the way, images of official images of Shuti Gatwa and David Tennant in the show that they're both wearing the same shirt and tie in the stills and in the in the glimpses we got. So, what does that mean? What? How is David Tennant? How is Doctor Number Ten? Also, Doctor Number Fourteen? Um, what's going on? Who knows? Well, we have to wait, by the way, until November twenty twenty-three. Oh my god! Yes. What? To find out. So hang on, the David Tennant special is not showing for a year. No. Yep. And so Shooty Gatwa won't be on our screens no. until 2024? Exactly. I, I'm assuming so that, well, the way it'll work is three, this is, these are three specials mm. for the 60th anniversary. And the reason why they're waiting until November is partly because that is literally the 60th anniversary that takes place there in autumn, in the late autumn, early winter next year. Right. And then there'll be those three episodes. And then I assume like the Christmas special or the New Year special, whatever it will be, the Shooty Gatwa takes over in full. But he is going to be in those, uh, play, play some kind of part in those specials anyway. To add, so it's very confusing, but deliberately so <laughs> mysterious, fascinating, and who Vians are. We're all very, very excited about it. I'm excited, and I've never really watched yeah. that show. No. I'm really excited yeah. for Shooty. Yeah, just the like literally the second long clip of Shooty yeah. in that was like enough to go. Oh yeah, he's going to be brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> and then he with oh yeah because then this should really be in news. But it's but while we're doing who we have to cover it. I guess there's the announcement that. Um, Disney Plus is going yeah. to be the home of Doctor yeah. Who globally, except for the UK yeah. and Ireland, and that's a huge thing as well. Yeah. And and Shooty Gatwa went on American Breakfast TV to explain what Doctor Who was and to talk about the deal for I mean a Disney owned company, obviously. Yeah. Um, live with Kelly, Kelly and Reaper, Kelly and 
Well, it's called Regis and Kelly. Regis and Kathy Lee. Regis and Kathy Lee. Regis and Kelly and Rupert. I always say, I always get that wrong. Regis is dead, though, obviously. Is he? Yeah, I think so. It's just Kathy Lee. It's just Kathy Lee, yeah. So Shooty's got Sex Education Season 4. Yeah. Barbie. Doctor yeah. Who next year. Yeah. Massive what a year of the well, 2023, the year of shooting He's right? amazing, so yes. I'm, I'm 100% yeah. here for I this. I love it. Year of the, the dirty pig. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Regis <laughs> is still very much still alive. He's 88. So you killed Regis. <laughs> I killed Regis. Wow. I it was, was. Oh, God, Darren, you can edit this bit. No, I'm fascinated. <laughs> Carry on. Keep it in. He says wars and records. Li- we're live <laughs> reporting whether or not Regis is in fact deceased. <laughs> I might have seen him at oh, my no, house in Devon. Oh, no, he died in 2020. He's dead. What an absolutely rollercoaster. That was an emotional up and down, wasn't it? Yeah. Okay. And the weird thing is, I've got deja vu, because I'm pretty much, I'm pretty sure I had this conversation like about six months ago about yeah. Anyway. And he's been replaced by Rupert now. We've established this. <laughs> he's been replaced right, by okay. some, someone else. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Well, that's this is all this uh, is all good information, Boydy. Yeah. Very good. So that's Doctor Who taken care of. And there's a whole people. I mean, we could discuss it further in news about the Disney Plus thing. But I think it's people are because BBC America was the home of Doctor Who in America, for example. Yeah. Mm. And another channel showed it in Australia, and people are a bit like up in arms. <laughs> James is literally looking at his watch as I'm explaining this, which is always a boost. No, no, <laughs> no. It's fine. I've got a notification. Yeah, yeah, okay. I just wanted to check. Yeah, fine. You're all good. Um, so, but I, I do think it's fantastic because the whole, one of the whole reasons why I think Russell T Davis wanted to take go back yeah. as showrunner was to was to make sure that Doctor Who was a streaming peak TV worthy thing. And that he could do that with the backing of Disney Plus. You know, it's become a global Disney Plus streaming show, and the, the independent production company that's making it, the Bad Wolf, and all of that. It's like it's part of the whole deal. So now that Disney are doing this, do you think like the, the next when when we get that that final that special mm. when we get shooty and when we get everything at the end of next year, mm. yeah. do you think it's going to open with like this like dun 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 a like huge orchestral? There's going to be dragons and flames and CGI. This well, hundred million dollars an episode. And it's going to be like fuck me. Um, yeah, pretty much. I mean, the last the ninety minute special, by the way, was pretty much was that, except with some. I would, you know, with even more money thrown at it, or even more money that it needs to be as so big as it should be. Less cardboard than I Steady. maybe used to, right? Yeah. Okay. I mean, oh my god, like we've, <laughs> go, can't go back to the whole cardboard thing. Uh, but yes, I mean, but part of the whole point is, yeah, it will be. I think the budgets will be bigger, the scope and ambition will be huge. Yeah, it's going to be. Massive. I mean, how do you feel about it? Like, it weirds me out a little, but also, and, and no disrespect to Disney or indeed Disney Plus, because many of the yeah. things I like come from them. But there's a, I don't know that entertainment should be monolithic, and it feels a little bit like Disney now own almost everything yeah. and I just yeah. don't a good think that's healthy it's a good question I had this conversation a little bit with Helen O'Hara I'm sure we'll talk about it on the um, Empire podcast mm. as well but we, Helen was saying she feels a bit like freaked out by it um I'm, my main focus, I think, is the fact that it's just good for the show. It's just good for Russell money. Is good for the show, definitely. Money, but it, it's really important. He, you know, in, I interviewed him for *Sin* and, and he made it. And I said, you know, what? What do you regret about your years? This is before. This is like two years ago. Mm. And he was like, well, I, I didn't have the money to no. do what they could do now with the show. Yeah. And you could um, tell, and he did the best he could with yeah, the budget he had, but it wasn't oh, it was a big budget. Yeah. But um, it, it makes a huge difference. Yeah. yeah. So I'm thrilled of, of, from that point of view, and I, I, I've got over the fact that Disney Plus has taken over the entire world yeah. long ago. Well, welcome mm. to the Pilot TV podcast, owned by Disney Plus. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Disney Plus want to invest in. Yeah. Indeed, feel free to chuck us some fine. money. Speaking of Disney Plus, I have a question I would like to put to both of you, but mainly to Beth, who has not been on this podcast for a few weeks. Beth. Mm. Hello. Have you been keeping up with Andor? What do you think of it? 
give me your views. I, I'm just going to answer that really quickly because I haven't. <laughs> well, this has been fun. <laughs> Glad you're but back. Yeah. I haven't. I um, have got it banked to which I might even pick up at Christmas when I've got a bit more free time because I want to give mm. it all of my time. I don't want this to be a get up in the morning, watch before work type jobby, which it would have to be as it stands at the moment. So I think I am going to bank it for a Christmas watch. That said, we have had Neomos club whatever remix on in our house full volume for the past week um which is pretty much great. to the great distress of someone in our office yesterday as i understood oh really yeah when the complaints about our office music from I mean, someone on one of the uh, if we've been playing that absolute banger we would yeah. oh, i didn't know about yes. that. they didn't like us playing star wars bangers in the office apparently oh my god well, it wasn't i had no idea it was it was just quite cheerful music but um the yeah. irony of it was the moaning was louder than the music <laughs> um, uh, that's always good but no no I've I haven't really kept up with either, to be honest. Yeah, okay. I've, I've kind of run out halfway. I'm dead keen to, but I think yeah. it is going to take some concentration and it's going to take some real attention and I want to give it all of that. So I'm going to bank it for when I've got a bit of mm. time off. Yeah, I might do that She's just well. coming fresh from a week off, but I want to give it, yeah, some proper time to catch up with it. But I've heard astonishing things. Some saying it is the best thing to come out of Star Wars in a, in a very, very long time. It is, Possibly without a doubt. better than man. I think so. I would say, Jeez. and given that I was an Andor hater, I think Andor is now, by some degree, the best Star Wars TV show. It is the best it. thing to have the Star Wars since The Last Jedi. Now, obviously, a lot of people hate The Last Jedi, and therefore that won't mean much to them, but I think <laughs> The Last Jedi is genius. Yeah. And this one of the best is things about very it, good. One of the best things about the whole thing is that you've had to eat your words. I have. Yeah. I was wrong. Yeah. I you was so wrong. Judgmental. Mm. Yeah. Um, I can, you know, Cassian well, Bland or all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. I'll put it behind me. We all listen to you pontificating yeah. about how boring the character was and all that stuff. Because we gave it four stars. And mm. I, I must admit, when John gave it four stars, I gave him a bit of a raised eyebrow. Really, John? Four stars? Of course stars? you did. Of course you did. Sure? You're such a fascist dictator. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it's 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 100% yeah, four. I, yeah. And it's, you know, who I've knows some, where it'll go from here. I, I've got some time off. Maybe I'll, uh, maybe I'll. Oh, I'll do that. I'll jump back in, yeah. yeah. I said it last week, it's Star Wars for grown-ups. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. It's Star Wars for grown-ups. Is it Star Wars The Wire? Was I right? It's it's. It feels like an Wire. HBO take on Star Wars. Yeah, it does, because it's quite deliberate, it's quite character-led. But right. again, the locations, and I'm not going to mention the LED volume, but the locations are <laughs> incredible. And the most recent episode, which just went out uh, yesterday as we record, so that mm. was be episode eight, the new location there is incredible. Just and, and the Not just the look of it, but the invention that went into it. That's mm. I'm going to say. It's of very, course, very and of course, there are loads of episodes, aren't there? Because I keep thinking, oh, it, 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 season finale is any minute now, but mm. no, there's another like four weeks or something. And the, to go. the arc of the show isn't even now isn't entirely clear. I think we have an idea what it's doing now, mm. but certainly yeah. early on, no, not a clue, no idea. What's mm. this guy banging a bell up in a tower? Don't know what's going on <laughs> now. I'm like, oh, yeah, I see oh, what I've you're got, doing here. Yeah. I'm excited to go. Yeah, just give myself time yeah, to we'll watch it. Yeah. To it. By the way, I did want to mention talking of Darren, our editor. And, yes, uh, he he he. I'm in the Doctor Who chat. He said. Um, Izzy, his 10-year-old daughter, who's a huge Jodie Whittaker fan, screamed with delight when she saw David Tennant at the end of the episode, and she shouted at the top of her voice, TV has never been better than this. Oh my God, get <laughs> on here. We yeah. need to get on I mean, here. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, that's pretty much what yeah. my reaction is. Well. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah, I think we should definitely get her on. Get her on to review the Christmas specials. Darren, yeah. please. It might yeah. happen. Yeah. I've got sure. one other show that I need to say. Of, of course you have. Yeah, I have. I have one oh, of good. my own at okay. some stage. <laughs> Go, go, go. There you go. Okay. No, let's, okay. let's, let's pause, let's pause, let's pause, pause, and come back to Voidy. I want to hear what Beth has been oh, watching okay, yeah. in the last six months since she was on the show. <laughs> it does feel like a long time what? ago, to be fair. Just literally true. laugh the headphones <laughs> off my head. I have that effect on people. Because <laughs> um, it's a bit of an event, because old scaredy cat Beth Webb has fallen quite 
head over heels for the Midnight Club. Interesting. Oh, um, I absolutely love the Midnight Club. Old scary cat sat through all 21 of those jump scares in that first episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was <laughs> laughing by the end of it. Yeah. I was laughing gleefully as I sort of retreated further and further back up the couch with every single jump scare. Um, I'm having such a nice time with this and it's defying every possible thing that I don't like about television. Like, I've just watched one... What episode are we on now? We're before Anya, which I understand is a real twist of an, of an episode. I'm going to watch that tonight. But there was one recently, and I caught myself watching um, a woman telling a story within a story within the show. So it was like inception levels of storytelling. <laughs> and that would usually annoy me so much. But I, was, I couldn't get enough of it. I was like, well, maybe... She'll tell that story. Maybe we'll go to that story. And it's just more glorious storytelling. And I loved it. I loved it. I thought the young actors, again, really, really great across the board. I mean, it's not a spoiler to say that, like, someone will die. A few of them will die. Fair. Maybe all of them I mean, will They're all terminally die. ill, they're so terminally it's not really a spoiler. <laughs> and I don't want any of them to die, which is... And I'm usually rooting for one to sort of, you know, lop off. But I'm, I'm having such a good time with it. But yeah, and I hadn't, hadn't really allowed myself to spend a lot of time with Mike Flanagan's shows before because I just wasn't cut out for it. I didn't feel like I wanted to spend the time on it. But I got caught up in the spooky season and I sat down and I, I'm just having the best time with it. I'm absolutely loving it. I can't wait to go home and watch some more of it this evening. Wow. I need to go back to that as well. I yeah. see, I'm, yeah. I'm really pleased that you're liking that. Actually, yeah. But weirdly, it's the first Flanagan show that I've not persisted with same interesting I'm the same, yeah. but then I go you, you lost me with the dead cats with uh, Midnight Mass <laughs> no actually I lie I did. I obviously hated that and held my little risky close and that happened but it was there was like a 10 a 10 minute monologue about death and I know that's his vibe but I'm, I'm just oh, I don't there know there are a lot time. of monologues yeah. in Midnight Mass do you know what I mean Midnight Midnight Mass, Mass, yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't yeah. Yeah. it was I like don't. going to Midnight yeah. Mass and have it, but, I, but I love them yeah. Yeah. yeah so did I yeah that was definitely a, 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 a bone of contention whereas this is he swapped that out for yeah. really cracking storytelling and I I just have the, the most time oh. for that so I've had a really great time great performances great characters um, can't wait to see also going back to your haunted house and where you were like I'm not going down into that fucking basement there is a fantastic bit I'm going to try and keep the spoiler light, but there there is something in the basement. There's an elevator. Of course there is. Like an old... Oh, this is where the mortuary is. Mm. Well, yes. It says in the first episode. It says in the yeah. first episode. Oh, mortuary. yeah, yeah, yeah. Shock reveal, they go down into the mortuary. Of course they do. Who would do that, Beth? Yeah. Who would go into the basement? <laughs> not, not James Dyer. Um, <laughs> but they go down into the basement. Spooky shit everywhere. And one of the lead characters is like, okay, well, we have a, should we have a look around? All but two of them are like, absolutely fucking not. We've got autoimmune diseases. We're getting the fuck out of here. Go back up in the elevator. I loved it. None of them were like, oh yeah, let's let's go down and find things. They were like, fuck this, man. And went back upstairs. Oh no. Oh, you wow. show, right, listeners, you show us the... That is literally... That could not have been no. art directed better. Yeah. I'm, for, <laughs> I'm I'm showing them the photo of the basement You've got to post that picture. Oh, that, no. Again, if you're going to see Barbarian this weekend, it's literally like <laughs> dramatise your life. Yeah. yeah. And this is what was inside... <laughs> Oh my, oh my god! That no. is quite extraordinary. No, well, it was it was something along. But I just loved that most of those characters were like. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. That's really good. Nope, it's yeah. like they're in Cabin of the Woods. I think where a character is like, I'm drawing a line in the sand. Don't <laughs> yes. read that Latin out loud. <laughs> and it's like they're just so self aware, and they're like, we're getting out of here. And it still makes for a really creepy, interesting like show. So yeah, I'm having a really, really good time watching the Midnight Club, and right. I don't think. 
you know, people that maybe bristle at like YA stuff with the complete opposite of James who can't <laughs> seem to get enough Love of YA it. stuff. <laughs> uh, it doesn't feel like a young adult show at all, really. It just happens to have young people in it. Um, yeah. yeah, having a great time with Midnight Club. Excellent. Now I'm going to I'm going to carry on with it then. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was going to eventually get around yeah, to it, but I definitely yeah. stalled after the first two episodes. Um, I've saved what my best, what I've been watching till last for, for you, Beth, especially because you've missed out in the last few weeks in quite a lot of a chat about a certain um, TV producer, writer, director, oh, Ryan dare. Murphy. He's, oh, it's he's been, having such a good time as well, isn't he? Yeah, he's so fucking well. He's created the two biggest shows for years <sighs> yeah. on Netflix, yeah, the Jeffrey Dahmer yeah. one. That's why I had to take then, a week off, because yeah. I was like, I know this is coming in pilot, yeah. and I can't, I can't And then The it. Watcher, which is, like, they're both number one and oh, two Oh, do you know much. I watched an episode of that? Oh, yeah. No. It's like a made-for-TV <laughs> movie. It's it is fine. literally amazing. Oh, I see what you mean. Um, but it's like, people are weird, man. People are weird. Anyway, what well, I've been watching through slightly nefarious means, because they still haven't fucking announced when it's coming to Disney Plus in the UK, but I have nevertheless been watching American Horror Story NYC. Now, how are you doing that, boys? Well... Is it legal? It's legal. It's perfectly legal. <laughs> Um, US iTunes is your friend. Certainly, is my friend. It is. Yeah. So I, I paid for it because right. I was so desperate to see it, and and because it's got my friend Russell Tovey in it. Is the lead role, the lead role in this in this series? Yeah. So I am completely biased. <laughs> I, I, I totally admit, but I am loving it. Yeah. So we're four episodes in. They're showing it in two episodes per week for five weeks, ten episodes in total. <laughs> yeah. And it is the best Ryan Murphy thing for ages, right. including all of those. And what's interesting about it is, well, there's lots of interesting things about it. It's it's a 1980s set. It's basically a remake of Cruising, the William Friedkin masterpiece right. from 1980, I believe, which starred Al Pacino as a New York cop investigating a serial killer targeting gay men right. in the in the um, clubbing scene, in the kind of leather scene in New York in right. the in the late 70s and the early 80s. That sounds amazing. Yeah. And so it's a kind of unofficial remake of that with... I mean, there's literally one scene in episode one or two which is taken wholesale from Cruising, from the film Cruising, to, to make it quite clear that right. Ryan Murphy's not pretending that he doesn't know that he's remaking Cruising. Right. But yeah. Ryan Murphy, by the way, interest as a side issue... They don't do any publicity anymore, like official, like they don't do interviews. Yeah. You'll see there's hardly any interviews with the cast or him about his shows now, all any of them. He just kind of drops them. Yeah. And um and prefers people to digest them and then talk about and then he might pop up and talk about it after. So I right. think it's quite an interesting tack to take. So it's completely uh, all a, a remake of cruising. And um Russell Tovey is the Al Pacino figure. He is the cop. Ooh. Who in in this version, in this story, yeah. he is a closeted cop. With a lover played by Joe Montello, Mantello, who's a very, very respected new playwright and writer and star. He's in, he's actually in. He's got a role in The Watcher. He's the creepy possible serial killer guy that they meet in this kitchen. Anyway, he's really good. So Russell Tovey in this is closeted in his job as a New York cop, and he is investigating this serial killer targeting gay men. Mm. But reflecting what happens to Al Pacino in Cruising, if you've never seen Cruising, part of the incredible thing about Cruising that was very controversial at the time is that Al Pacino get, has, goes undercover in the world of heavy leather bars in New York Amazing. and kind of gets embroiled and fascinated, to say the least, in that whole world yeah. to the point where he's questioning his own sexuality and all of that. And it's quite a bold, incredible film. And th and so in this, even though Russell Tovey's character, the cop, is gay, he's closeted and then he has to do, he has a whole kind of undercurrent of interest in the leather scene, which all comes out as the show goes on. It is 
it's it's not really like any other horror story. It's not scary. Yeah. And and most of the violence happens off screen. So there's a lot of kind of like seven style corpse investigation, like you know corpses with their heads cut off and stuff like yeah. that. So it's quite grim and grimy, and and seven esque visually right. meets um, meets cruising. And then there's a whole HIV AIDS storyline mm. about a v- mystery virus that's found on Fire Island, and the, and Sandra Bernhardt it plays a leader of a group of lesbians who are kind of investigating that as like a subplot right. which is fascinating there's all these like figures from from that era dramatized like you know klaus nomi have you ever heard of klaus nomi no. who was like a singer kind of almost um performance artist at the time there's a character clearly based on him yeah. and he died of aids in i think in like the early 80s there's a character cl- obviously based on robert mapplethorpe to the point where the famous photographer who took pictures of naked men and huge penises and stuff and like that the, the shots they show of what the photographs he makes are literally like could be Robert Mapplethorpe <laughs> shots but it's just so interesting and rich and densely packed and Russell Tovey is brilliant and it's brilliant mm. to see him as the lead in this huge American franchise all the regular car- Ryan Murphy cast people are in it as well it's just really fascinating mm. and daring and I'm loving it so yeah it's um, and, but when the fuck is yeah. this, why Disney Plus didn't immediately go of course we have to get this on there yeah. before Halloween at least yeah. I don't know but as it stands at the moment there's no sign of it you know, I've I've re- I've re- I've received the November Disney Plus highlights, and it's not in there. No. I've asked them to tell me when it's coming on, and they yeah. and they're not telling me. But all I can say is, thankfully, it's on US iTunes, and you can watch it. I mean, if you've got it, if you've got access to it, yeah. they just pay for it, and it's brilliant. Anyone can get access to it because you can buy a US gift voucher, right? Off exactly. eBay. Exactly. And then exactly. set up an American yeah. ID account with that. So, yeah. I mean, they might not like it. Disney, maybe. no, they may not like it, but you can do it. But then they should it. release it on time. Then yes, I have purchased many a show off exactly. US iTunes. And by the way, cruising. It, uh, I, I really need to rewatch cruising, which I haven't done for a couple of years. Cruising was originally going to be directed by Brian De Palma before William Friedkin um, took over, and of course, Brian De Palma was the horror director not mentioned in the Empire discussion of which four oh, horror God. directors of all time you'd have as your as your. It's not meant to be. Exhaustive oh, boy. You literally, you, you exhaustively <laughs> mentioned every single director in the world, some of whom hardly ever directed a horror film. Hey, and there was no out, room for Brian De Palma once Paul W.S. Anderson was on right. there. So. <laughs> I was seeing that. I was so outraged, Beth. You know, I mean, I, I was literally, my blood was boiling. That's why I know do it's it. hard, but it was like, someone please mention you. They literally mentioned every director in the world ever. It was a bit I'm like that. I'm not kidding you. Yeah. I'm not kidding you. Yeah. It's no exaggeration. So I would like a full discussion, reflection... In the ne- and apology in the next Empire right. and about the fact that Brian De Palma is obviously the greatest horror director of that time. Absolutely, hundred percent. Dress to Kill, Body okay. Double, The Fury, Carrie, Carrie alone is one of the greatest films of all time. Mm. That's fine. Fuck's sake. <laughs> Fantastic. We need to get you on that Empire podcast. Yeah, yeah, really, yeah. honestly, just to set us all to rights. And I've, and I've watched the films as well, <laughs> but unlike James, more than I have. Although I very nearly watched Barbarian at the Haunted House, which might be the end of me. So at least that didn't Perfect. Happen. At least that, uh, yeah, that didn't turn out to be anyway. an option. Uh, right. Okay. Fine. That's, well, what we're that's broadly speaking what we've all been watching. Yeah. So let's move on now to the post bag. Oh. So the post bag I have kind of very briefly triaged, by which I mean not at all. So let's nip through some of these. Someone this is an interesting question. This is from Colin Hugo. And Colin says, are pilot slash Empire Star ratings down to a single reviewer or, or, or are they crowdsourced? There have been some clangers, Steady. Oh. Uh, only three stars for House of the Dragon, while Wonder Woman 84 mm. got four stars. Do you think the team <laughs> should revisit scores that are so out of whack with the general consensus? Needless to say, I had very strong words over that Wonder Woman 84 star 
rating because I hated that film so much. Uh, I was not happy. Mm. But yeah, ultimately, it does come down to who reviews these things. So you have a reviewer. That reviewer will write the review and they will put their star rating on it. Like We are not monolithic. We do have a broad range of opinions on things. Mm. That said, generally, if multiple people have seen something, we will try and mm. you know see who has the best take on it. I have to say that in uh, my continuing outrage at Empire, the Banshees of Inisherin, yeah. which is have you, you, oh, yeah. literally the film of the year Wonderful. so far for me, yeah. a, a absolutely cast iron five star film. If ever there was one, <laughs> you're not the first person. To only say that. received four stars <laughs> yeah. in Empire magazine. It wasn't me. So, dear listener, you have a point. Yeah, they really we do get it wrong. I think but, the TV show thing is slightly different though, because until yeah. you've seen the whole season, I think it's hard to say. So, House of Dragon, I said should have been four stars from the off because John had reviewed the first six and he disagreed. He was wrong but, uh, but Andor he gave four and I probably would have given it three based on the first three episodes mm. uh Whereas now I'm in a high four territory, yeah. and I'm, it's you know, it could be courting with five stars by the end of the season. Who knows? We, it does have a massive effect. You're right, we, and we do, we do try, don't we, in, in Empire's TV reviews to watch yeah. as many episodes. Yeah. We, wait. we don't get given them all. No, well, you know, that's, the, do. that's re- the issue. I reviewed. Oh, it's a spoiler for next week's show. <laughs> but I, I reviewed the English <laughs> right. in, this, in the current. Don't say where you gave it. I won't say where I gave it, but I had seen the whole series, okay, and good. that made a massive difference. Because I love the first episode, but then I was like, I'm absolutely going to watch the whole thing. And and honestly, kudos to the publicist and the BBC for giving me the whole series because it made a massive mm. impact on my, on my review. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's important. It's a tricky one, definitely tricky with the television, especially the state of television now. I mean, how long was that series that you had to watch for this? It was actually only six episodes, so yeah, it was. It was. But it's doable. like six six hours. Six hours, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So true, yeah. You, you, it's it puts a a big old dent on your time if it you does. do that and then we do always try and get people in who if, if it's a new season if it's a second season something someone who's familiar with the show is something that always kind of comes up but I mean we do have if there's a real stinker or, or something that's come through that we want to give a five there is a general chat isn't there mm. but I mean you just got to trust the people doing the review which we do mm. and if you don't agree with it that's all part of it. Could you imagine how boring it would be if everyone agreed True. on a review? True. Imagine if this podcast, if we were like, oh, well, yes, I, I, I can go with everything you said, yeah. uh, as do I, and on to the next one. Yes. It'd be dull I agree as with shit. all of that. Yeah. Let's move on. It would be dull as I mean, you'd love the validation, but we'd like, it would be so <laughs> yeah. dull. So yeah. And also, it's the whole point of star ratings, isn't it? Yeah. The, only, the only point of having star ratings, which are, if you really want to be kind of pretentious and, and, and you know, whatever about it, yeah. you shouldn't do because it's reducing a film to a, Star rating oh, yeah. and all that bullshit. I don't agree with that. No, but I don't either. Heat's had star ratings from the very first week. Yeah, on your previews, yes, I know. I know you're obsessed with that. Yeah, things we haven't even seen we give star ratings to. It's so but, upsetting. But um, I think it's, it, they're never put, they're, it's it's com- literally subjective, obviously. And um, like Charles is, out, is Heat's film editor and I, he's a massively respected film journalist. But he says to me, oh, you know, I think I might give five stars to the Banshees of Inner Show. And I'll go, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Totally. So we have that discussion. But it is in the, in the end, it's down to someone's take on it and yeah. they may be it may be different from your own and they, they may be wrong and think that one Wonder Woman 1984 is good for example your obsession so. with one Wonder Woman 1984 is so weird yeah, but you have to understand that, that we no but we've been through this sort of like this drought of films I during know, the pandemic I and there know. was so much I was back in the cinema I was so excited and I watched that and it was just hateful was, that, was that before Tenet uh, no, I had seen Tenet, which I really liked. I did like Tenet really in the summer, but that was so. I saw Tenet in the summer, Tenet. and then it didn't go back <laughs> no, to the cinema like until I've. Could I say I've seen that film once, and I've recorded at least two spoiler specials. On oh my God. <laughs> I know. I remember listening to the. I don't know why we sidetracked by Tenet. I remember listening to the spoiler special on Tenet, and still not fucking understanding it, even <laughs> after the quite long discussion, trying to explain what the fuck was going on in Tenet. <laughs> 
Oh God. But yes, so so suffice it to say, it's a difficult thing. Though I've been at Empire so long now that when I watch anything, my brain just assigns it a star rating, regardless. Because because it's like I think in star ratings now. That's all I can do. Um yeah, it's it's difficult. But I think it works for film and TV in a way that it doesn't work for other things. I think it's more difficult for stuff like like video games do stuff out of hundred like the percentages. I'm like, really? What is the difference between a ninety two and a ninety three percent? Like, what is the divide there? How do you? That seems very arbitrary to me. You're saying all video game reviews have uh, have that? Um... They tend to. Well, some people don't actually put ratings on them, but generally, video games have always been a percentage. They've always been wow. scored out of a hundred. But the thing with video games is, by definition, as technology improves aspects of the game, so the animation, the graphics, will get better over time. Mm. So new games are quote-unquote better than old games. Obviously, that's not true, and I'm being very reductive, but also mm. getting sidetracked from what is ostensibly a TV podcast. Yes. So let's move on to the next question. Justine says, I just want to add to the group of people in the post bag, a lot of people living in this post bag, who are asking the pod team to watch Babylon Berlin, which is truly one of the best shows of the last few years. I'm always baffled when Pilot puts out the best shows list, and it's not on it. I'm blaming you, Boyd. Yeah, I take the blame. It's fine. Um, I did watch the early first, very, very first couple of episodes of Babylon Berlin all those years ago, and and it was very good. But it's just one of those things I have not gone back to, and I really need to. Yeah, it's it's up to, it's my fault. Yeah, right. Yeah. But everyone says it's the show that is uh, needs to be watched. Yeah, and is the kind of you know foreign language equivalent of one of the best the foreign language equivalent of Fate the Wing Saga. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think we can that is that good. And that it's important. that good. Yeah. Um, this one is from Tough Cub, and Tough Cub says, "Given that you have watched hundreds of crime dramas, I'm just wondering which show inspired you when hiding Beth's body. She hasn't been on the show for weeks. <laughs> Clearly, shenanigans are afoot. It was well, a twist. It was it was like a Line of Duty style twist yeah. that we yeah. killed Beth, but then we resurrected." Her That's a few right. Weeks later, because it's yeah. Halloween, we yeah. dug her up. She was, in fact, not dead at, at, at all. Yeah. You raised me. I'm, I'm like a White Walker version of Beth now. Yeah, yeah, I've come to. Um, no, thank you for missing me. Um, I just had had a week off. We're doing. Um, you went on holiday. I had a little holiday. I had a little staycation. Um, did some season bars. Got my eyes checked. You know, just boring stuff. You like got that. your eyes. Wow, you do live the dream, don't you? Do you I went on holiday I mean, and got an eye test. <laughs> First of all, it's the end of the year and I don't have any money. And second of all, like, you know, just sometimes I had a holiday to use up and I was like, right, I'm going to give a gift to my future self and just get everything done in this week that I would usually put off for weekends so that I've got weekends free for the rest of the year. So that's what I did. Stayed in and I got like, did just the most boring stuff ever. Just shut my laptop, got my eyes checked, got my hair done, went to charity shop, did charity shop run. Honestly, I'm putting myself to sleep. Tell me, you know what, how are your eyes? Has your prescription changed? Like, mildly, yes, since <laughs> starting this job. You asked, James, I'm going to no. tell you. So, yes, I'm going to have to get do some you know I, I'm, I'm taking some. I need to do that exact yeah. same thing. I completely identify that, especially down that my boiler's gone as well. Yeah. Wow. Do you know what I mean? This my podcast boiler. is just... <laughs> this is if anyone, tell us, is it a combi boiler? Tell us all about if it. If anyone is a plumber with expertise in electric yeah. boiler, it's an electric boiler. Right. So, hang on, so it's yeah. not a gas boiler, no, it's just electric. It's electric. What make yeah. is it? Is it a Worcester Bosch? It's a... It's a... Sadia... Is it Bosch Legacy? Okay, I was kidding. I don't really need to know what the thing is. If, no, if there are any um, yeah. plumbers out there who want to come to SE1. Do you need a plumber for an electric boiler? Surely an electrician is Ele- what you need. I think it's like a boiler specialist kind of plumber type oh, wow. handyman. Wow. A special a hybrid. Woman, yeah. um, type thing. <laughs> But fucking hell, yeah, it's a blow. Oh. Luckily, it's very mild weather, so it's just, it's just the hot water issue. Yeah, yeah you're lucky that we haven't even had the heat. No. On anyway, sorry. James. What is happening? Sorry. Yeah, this has gone wildly off the rails. <laughs> this is coming from the man who answered his front door via his <laughs> app on his phone. 
Admittedly, I did that. That will have been cut out from the show, so no one will realise. But yes, someone did turn up at my house and my smart doorbell told me about it. It was crazy. Uh, Right. Sean Neal says, I disagree with Keith. Sorry, Keith. More spoilers. Just give the spoiler phobes a chance to get away. I pay for the spoiler specials on Empire because I want to listen to discussion of the show. Uh, Not the first five minutes. Yeah, me too. So All right, we're, we're working on this. We I have we are, we're, we're working on on a plan for this. Just we're, just we're bear, bear with us. Bear with us. I've got. Okay, I'll, I'll do it next. We'll do. It. There's a show that we we're going to review next week. All I say is right. I, I I was faced with a real spoiler um dilemma about it. We're writing about it in Heat. I was writing the preview in Heat. Yeah. And in the first scene, that, uh, lots of things happen. And then there's a there's a special celebrity guest star pops up Ooh. in the very first scene of this series right. completely random like right. the definition of a random thing thrown in to the start of a series and I was like should I this is the first scene should I tell right about who it is and I decided not to I just said so so I've alluded to the fact there's a there's a huge A-list star suddenly mm. pops up but then I then afterwards I looked at a review I think it was the Telegraph and the review gave it away and the first thing I was like oh, okay so that was just an example of I don't know. I, I feel like I shouldn't have spoiled that. No, you were right surprise. and they were wrong. Yeah, yeah. You were right and they were wrong. So 100%. I'm not as that bad. Everyone thinks I'm the worst spoiler person in the world. So that, We've so that story is the second worst. So the it's fine. story is I'm the second <laughs> yeah. worst. Yeah. Thanks. Bye. Uh, AJMS has a similar sentiment. Uh, re-spoilers. Why not do the spoilers in the pod, but in the edit, add the whoosh, a spoiler alarm, and confirm the length of the spoilery chat. That sounds like a lot of work, if I'm honest with you. Yeah, let's just not do spoilers. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll come to that. But we've had more spoiler stuff later on but I'll oh hang on is this a spoilery one yes okay this is the other spoiler chat this is from Joe Ling and Joe says hi gang long time listener first time DMer okay uh, James's call Hello. for ideas to help people avoid spoilers got me thinking I love podcasts that use music under their ads this is mainly because it allows me to skip through them quickly without missing any quality conversation won't find any of that here so why not do this for spoilers so during his marathon editing sessions James let's be honest also Darren uh, could identify any sections he think contains potential spoilers and add a nice bit of Muzak underneath the cheesier the better then when a listener hears the Muzak starting they know that spoilers are incoming yeah. and the concerned listener can grab their phone and skip through to I'm when so, the music stops playing underneath. As if he's going to do that. It's a, it's a lovely thought. I would personally ask for the Kobe Enthusiasm theme music to play. He also says here, but how do you know when the music has stopped if you're trying not to listen too closely? I hear you inquire. Well, that's really easy. It only takes a fraction of a second to hear music and much less time to work out if spoilers are being discussed. I I I I kind of I kind of <laughs> like what he's saying. I don't so much like the PS here. I personally enjoy James's rants. They give me a rare insight into an otherwise strange and alien psyche. Don't really know what to do with that. Um, <laughs> but, but that's I, that, I've heard worse ideas. A kind of a spoiler bed to go under spoiler discussion. Well, yes. I mean that's on you though, James. So if you're happy to put the work in. No, you will get it'll get Darren to do it. Oh, I'm, I'm very happy to send the text message to Darren yeah. asking him to do <laughs> yeah. it. Certainly. Well, look, like I say, we're working on some spoilery stuff. But yes, the bed under spoilers, like a spoiler, a spoiler theme, a spoiler yeah. tune, is a good idea. Yeah. I think I'm going to yeah. store that away in my little spoiler databank for for possible use. Right. I also yeah. think if we end up doing spoilers, probably putting them in our own little, you can't really do a sealed section on a podcast, but something like that, like a little locked away bit. But anyway, anyway, a couple more questions. Uh, we have got HF says, for, this is for Boyd, specifically for Boyd. Oh, hello. It's been three years since I last told you to watch Mr. Robot Series 4. <laughs> it's time. <laughs> Drop everything and get it watched. Uh, oh I'm telling God. you, you'll love it. A lot of people tell you to watch shows that you've missed, but this is the big one. 
if you don't like it, I'll never make a request again. And then another message in caps, make Boyd watch Mr. Robot. <laughs> my God. Wow. I mean, yeah. it is, Mr. Robot is definitely in my top five shows I need to watch, <laughs> go back and watch. Um, thanks for the reminder. I will. I, I, I'll, I'll, I'm on it. I, I, I'm very pleased that I seem to have dodged this particular bullet because I watched all of Mr. Robot except for season four. Wow. I never watched the final wow. season because the third season was so boring. Yeah, and I've been told it. by many people that I have to watch it. Oh and I'll, I will do so once I've watched all the other things that I need to watch beforehand. But he has one final message. He says, also, James, you described Yellowstone as a soap. I watched it. What soaps have you been watching? There are so many murders. So yeah, you, James describes anything he doesn't quite <laughs> approve of or doesn't think is quite up to his standards as it's so it's a bit soapy. It's, it's not a soap. It's a bit soapy. It's like it's like anything melodramatic. It doesn't mean it's. Oh, yeah, <laughs> this, this, this is our ongoing don't thing, isn't it? Whenever I use soapy to describe something, yeah. you want to throw things at me. It's annoying. <laughs> it's annoying. Funnily enough, I think what Beth was talking about with the watcher that is a bit soapy, right? That's legit right, yeah. a bit, isn't it? That's what yeah. that is like. That's quite a good word of describing that. Whereas American Horror Story NYC is not soapy. Carry on, Claire says, as James got laughed at for referring to House of the Dragon as based on a true story on this week's pod, I mean, it's true. Uh, I thought I'd share the Fire and Blood book, which obviously House of the Dragon is based on, is inspired by the anarchy. The civil war after the death of Henry I and Rhaenyra is loosely based on his daughter Matilda, although she didn't marry her uncle. Shudder. So there you go. See? Vindication is mine. All right, two more, two more. Okay, right, here we go. Ben says, question for the postbag section. While listening to the interview with Nadia Park, she mentioned Drive to Survive on Netflix. This got me thinking if you guys had ever mentioned it on the pod and wondered if, as an avid sport hater, this could be a sports-related show you could actually get behind. He says he's not into sports, but thought he got really invested in the F1 stuff because he said it was masterful. I thought it was very good, very good. He said if it isn't on our radar, he'd strongly recommend us giving it a go. Uh, as it could potentially cure my hatred of sport. I actually um, watched some of the first uh, Drive to Survive. This is a Formula One documentary series on Netflix, and it is... Sounds like a reality show. No, it's a documentary I know, series. but I'm just saying, the, the name Drive to Survive, oh, okay. I thought was... Oh, like, when oh, Nadia yeah, right. mentioned it in the interview, right, I right. immediately in my head just wrote it off as a reality <laughs> TV enough. show and stopped listening. Fair but carry enough. on. <laughs> yes, fair enough. Um, no, it's brilliantly made, that show, I have to say. And the access is extraordinary. So, yes, I, I, I mean, I'm not a massive Formula One fan. I'm interested in most sport. But I, but that is, a, I have to say, that is a brilliant series, yes, from what I've seen of it. I think it's on its, like, full season now, pretty much. It, I mean, like... <laughs> You almost lost me at F1 documentary. You did. When you yeah. said fourth season, yeah. you 100% lost me. I'm very, very sorry, Ben. It's not going to happen. Uh, there you go. But there's a thing to be done about um, actors picking surprisingly like non-actory shows like that. That's yeah. a good example yeah. of that. Because Elizabeth Moss, her, one of her favourite shows on Real Housewives of wherever New Jersey, oh, she watches all the Real Housewives. And you expect it to be so highbrow and pompous like James. <laughs> but in fact, she's just normal down-to-earth yes. human yeah. being yeah. who yeah. doesn't mind saying when she's watching in quotes, trash TV. Yeah. Yeah. High brown pompous, says James, as he wades through season two of Fake the Wink Saga. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, you have a weird exception for Yeah. Okay, last one, last one, and this comes from Jamie, and he has to, and he says, "I have to say, every time James and Boyd say, I have to say, it makes me feel very sad for you." May I reassure you, you have choices. You are not being forced to say things. You have free will. Oh, I love that. I absolutely. What if we're living that. in Westworld? Then do we do we do we have free will or not? I don't know. I have to say, Jamie, that obviously, as we've <laughs> as we've discussed, Disney own all of us, and they make me say everything. So, yeah. Jamie, thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> I'm now going to see, this is another thing Boydy for us to feel self-conscious about when we say oh, God, no, old, lavish yeah. extraordinary yeah. I have to say yeah. what else is there yeah 
It's going to be a list. Wants. I think you'll find. I think, I I think, think, you'll, I think find. you'll find That's that. the final yeah. bingo. Is it done? I think it was. Is it done? That's yeah. a very James yeah, yeah, yeah. one, that one. That's James and Chris Stewart and me. Yeah. I heard someone like randomly say that the other day. And... Uh, but someone completely unconnected to this podcast, Empire, or my world. And it made me wonder, because I always think that the prevalence of that in my orbit is all because me and Chris don't stop doing it. Yeah. But clearly it has got legs beyond oh, yeah. this yeah, particular sphere and lots of people have kind of adopted it. There's a, there's a particular um, meme, isn't there? There's a particular gif. That, there is a gif, yeah, yes, right. there is a gif. I think it, yeah. yeah. What, is it, what's it from? What's the actual It's film? It's from Thor Ragnarok. It's actually, uh, is he though, rather than is it uh, though? Is but we, It's just when yeah. Thor goes... Is he though? To, to right, that's it. Yeah, so, yeah. And it's just Thank his you. delivery is spectacular, and we have adopted it for all things. Yes, you have. Yeah. Yes. Very anyway, awesome. I think that is enough for the post bag section. Shall we move on oh. to this week's news? Yes. What's been happening in news, people? So something that really excited me dropped this week: uh, the trailer for or a teaser for Poker Face. I didn't think you were going to say that. Which is Ryan Johnson's new TV show starring yeah. Natasha Lyonne. Yeah. Uh, Lord knows when we're getting it in the UK, but it's going to Peacock in the US. It's in January, isn't January. it? January. Mm. Why didn't you think I was going to say that? I thought you were going to say... My shit. I, I thought you were going to say season four of Succession. Tra- so that's what I thought you were going to say as well. I, thought, I, was like, yeah. I just assumed that that was like yeah. you were going to... It's just a little bit... That one's a little bit further But this is interesting, this Ryan Johnson yeah. thing. Because on the one hand, you think Natasha Lyonne, Ryan Johnson, yeah. I'm in. And then yeah. it's a case of the week police procedural and you're like I'm sorry 1993 called and they want their television back what's happening oh, your yeah, thing I'm about procedural yeah, your, your, your opposition to procedural is, is so ridiculous yeah. that in the real world everyone's like oh that's exciting there's going to be a mystery a week starring created by Ryan Johnson starring what, Natasha Leone she says have I watched one episode because you made me <laughs> I don't know what Bosch is Yes. No. Oh, yeah. No, Bosch, Bosch is serialized Bosch. across oh, no, the, the entire the season. The, the, the sequel thing. No, but still, it's still serialized across the whole season. It's the same format. Oh, yeah. Right, so right. it's one case stretched out. There was one example over of the whole show season where there is. Uh, oh, it's the Star Trek. Star Trek. The current Star Trek. Well, so so the most recent one. Yeah. So Brave New Worlds. Mm. Brave. I keep calling it Brave New Worlds. Like that's a strange new worlds. Strange, new, strange world. new worlds. That is one of the. It feels like classic Star Trek procedurally format. And right. no, I'm. And that, there's a reason why I never finished the first season of Strange New Worlds, even though I thought. It was really good because that procedural format just leaves me cold. It makes me upset. In fact, the only procedural, and we've reviewed a few of them on this podcast, the only one I was tempted to go on with was, do you remember Evil? Evil? Yes. So that yes. I thought was a really interesting yeah, people like evil, yeah. procedural the, one. The show. Because they need connected tissue. There needs to be something to make you go on to the next episode or why would you bother? Because there's never any growth. There's because never you any like development. the characters and you enjoy the, the weekly mystery. And it's, I, I just, mean, yeah, I, it feels very regressive this, to me. Up, up, up until, we've had this discussion, so I don't know why I'm getting broad it again. <laughs> no, but up until we, this we, period we, of big TV, episodic, yeah. serialized. Like, this was what TV was. Yeah, exactly. But it's and no I'm longer excited that about time. That project, I'm really excited. It was a great cast. Natasha Leone. Yeah. I mean, she was basically doing a kind of mystery thing through time with the second right. yeah. season of Russian Doll. So yeah. to see her do that is is excellent. Really excited for it. It's just a teaser, but uh can't wait to see where that goes next. And if you've seen Glass Onion, um, oh my such God. a treat. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, with it. It's so such a such a just joy of joy. I can't I can't wait to see it again. Yeah, I same, cannot same, yeah. wait to see it again. Just yeah, I can't wait to, you know, Blend. see it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you're in for a treat. I went to a screening at that where with where one Terry White hosted the QA with the whole cast. Oh, and, yeah, saw what, that. what a great joy gig that was. For yeah, her. great. Gig, yeah, yeah, amazing. Anyway, we've been yes. again. Sorry. Yeah, succession. A succession teaser trailer. Yeah. Wow. Awesome. Just Do we need to talk? Oh, brilliant! Yeah, ah, comment. And just every, the, just the way Brian Cox 
was in that. <laughs> There's a big interview on um, a podcast, Mark Maron's podcast, uh, yeah, yeah. with um, Jeremy uh, Strong. What's his name? Strong, thank yeah, you. Yeah. Um, and it's really interesting. They touch upon the difference in performance style from Brian Cox to him. Mm. He's very obviously method, that famous kind of sl- slightly, uh, I don't know, slightly unfair New Yorker profile. I yeah. A little yeah. bit unfair. But he talk, does talk about the difference in 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 methods and everything, and how what brilliant and, and he just is like that. Brian Cox is the most of a certain type of actor he's ever seen in his yeah. life, and just to be with him, yeah. and to deal with him doing that character is yeah. so it's thrilling and exciting. Oh, amazing! Yeah, cannot wait. Spring and but that yeah, the, that's, spring next year. That's sooner. I, I was expecting it to be like summer at least. Yeah, no. so I'm excited about that. Uh, that's going to be super exciting. Yeah. Um, two words: sausage party. Yes. But what? enough about this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. So Very good. Seth Rogen's like startlingly successful film mm. about inexplicably successful, mm. one might say. I mean, it's dumb stoner comedy, and dumb stoners have disposable income and want to spend it watching a, a CGI sausage. <laughs> um, and it yes. did. It made loads of money, and it's now going to be, I believe, an eight-part show on Prime Video with Seth Rogen at the helm. I mean, he's got a real golden touch with telly, considering he, of course, helped to produce and bring to Prime the Boys, which is mm-hmm. probably probably the most successful show, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, we'll say yeah. We'll say yeah. Um, and now he's doing. Sausage Party, mm. the show, which is... I'm sure um, it'll be big here, yeah. Yeah, nope. like... <laughs> well, it will be, you just won't like it. I just won't, is yeah. the way to, like... I think that's fair. And all the cars, I think Kristen Week's doing one of the... I'm saying this, we don't appear to have electricity in this studio, so I'm just going in blind because <laughs> I just shut my laptop. I hope we have got some of so I'm just going to pass it. <laughs> Kristen Week, I think, is doing a voice. We'll see Seth Rogen, probably not a Franco, uh, but, you know, all the usual... The lads will probably be on there. The, but, lads. Uh, the, the lads. lads. The boys. I think it'll do I think it'll do pretty well, isn't it? Um so that was exciting. Again, I'm just going off my head now because I've just shut my laptop. Um well there's I wanted to mention um Servant. There's a teaser yeah. trailer for yeah. the final season. Back in January. Mm. Back in January. And um the teaser trailer just made it look very, very exciting. I think that's if the teaser tra- the trailer, in fact it's not even a teaser trailer, it's a full trailer, it's quite a long trailer. Um <laughs> but I just, I think it's, I get a feeling that Apple, some, someone at Apple, or maybe M. Night Shyamalan, who is the executive producer, etc., showrunner, or, you know, at least kind of organises the whole thing, mm. um, have suddenly realised that what a brilliant show Servant is, and they need to fucking pay more attention to it and show the love to it, because the trailer kind of is going, oh yeah, you know that show that you didn't bother watching that's set in their one house with a weird baby thing going on? It's actually quite spectacular and incredible and fabulous, and we really need to to tell you about it before yeah. the final season so that, that that's the kind of undercurrent I feel of this particular trailer and they're right because it is I love it and I can't wait to see mm. the final season it lost me at the hand stuff <laughs> that horrible hand sequence there's other news. There is other news, but I'm conscious of the time yes. mm. because we got we got evils last week when we overran. So we need to try not to overrun, and that means we've only got looks at clock twelve minutes left oh, before we get thrown out of the studio. <laughs> and we've got three shows <laughs> to reveal. So empty studios, though. That is true. We could migrate somewhere, anyway, but uh, let's see. Yes, you knew this was coming. If ever there were a need for a whoosh. This is it. Uh, obviously, we didn't cover an awful lot of news in this week's show because of my somewhat problematic studio booking schedule. I will sort that out, I promise. But uh, over the weekend, 
after that happened, I was out on Saturday night and I got a flurry of tweets and messages from people who listen to the podcast, all alerting me to one singular bit of news. And the news is this, is that Henry Cavill, who is appearing in The Witcher Season 3, has announced he will not be reprising his role as Geralt of Rivia in Season 4, but will be rather stepping aside to allow Liam Hemsworth to take up the Silver Sword and the Steel One uh, as Geralt for The Witcher Season 4. And I mean, look... I've got nothing against Liam Hemsworth. I'm sure he's a lovely chap. And he's actually quite good. But he's no Henry Cavill. And this is very, very upsetting news. And look, I get it. I get it. He's back as Superman. He did that whole Black Adam thing. Spoiler. And, uh, and he, you know, now that James Gunn is in charge of the DCU or whatever they're going to call it, um, I'm sure he'll have more work in that department. And clearly that sort of takes priority. But dude, Geralt of Rivia, come on. So I'm a little bit upset. I'm not happy. A lot of people were saying, right, that's it. I'm not even going to watch season three now, let alone season four. I'm done with The Witcher. I think that's maybe a little bit of an overreaction. I will happily watch season three. And to be honest, I'm going to watch season four as well. I will give Liam Hemsworth a chance. I will watch it. Uh, But, you know, I'm not happy. I'm not happy at all. That's it. Thanks. So let's move on then to this week's reviews, which we will in no way rattle through in short order. (laughs) First up, we have Reboot on Disney+. Plus. Now, this is a Hulu show that attempts to lampoon the recent trend of streamers resurrecting long-dead shows uh, for often ill-advised reunions, but but making precisely such a scenario the subject of a half- our sitcom. Beth, there's probably a put the reboot in gag here or something, but I can't be asked to find it. Uh, what did you think? Tell me about your reboot. Yeah, the cast really got me. I really love Keegan-Michael Key. He's he's incredibly funny. But Johnny Knoxville, TV acting where he's not, I don't know, setting various sensitive parts of him on fire or <laughs> crashing head first into like barbed wire. It, it always gets me. And I think... Um, He's really watchable and a really funny comedic actor in fiction stuff. So I really love seeing him in anything. And I think they're really playing to his strengths here as kind of a deadbeat. So yeah, they they um, belonged to a kind of um, family sitcom. 90s, do you think it is? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. like a kind of 90s sitcom where it's just just the, the, the weakest jokes, but, you know, very low stakes, very sweet. Um, and it got cancelled because they went off to do various things and, and now this reboot. And he's kind of this kind of grizzled, washed up, former comedy star kind of like Bojack Horseman I guess but less problematic not that that really takes much Um, but I watched the first episode of this it was just 30 minutes really lovely ensemble here so yeah Judy Greer's in this as well Uh, Rachel Bloom is the kind of showrunner who um, wants to do this reboot because the the original show meant so much to her Um, and there's a sort of a twist about her involvement which comes at the end which is quite exciting I mean yeah it it was very sweet not necessarily funny lacked a little bit of bite I think but I've only watched the first episodes it might go further down that way but yeah always just a joy to see Johnny Knoxville on the screen and uh, yeah this was just nice nice pleasant fun yeah I enjoyed it I think um, it's uh it's it's really like as as knowing and self aware and meta um, mm. you know shows go. It's really up there because yeah. it's I mean, almost the, smugly so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I was going to say that there is it, it, there is a kind of smug element. Like the, one of the opening scenes is a load of executives at Hulu. <laughs> this is a Hulu show which has a fictionalized version yeah. of Hulu. And he's like, I greenlit the fifth season of Handmaid's Tale. Exactly. That was the line I was about to quote. Thank you oh, very sorry, much, James. Sorry. Um, <laughs> and you want to do it? You can no, cut that bit and you no, can do it. Funny it's the, it's no, it's funny. No, it's funny that you go straight in. Dive straight in um, but that is but it is very I find I am as a person fascinated by the machinations of 
TV anyway. I love all this stuff. So, uh, but you know, we have seen it before, isn't it? There's a whole element, you know, of other shows. I mean, Cobra Enthusiasm did a whole season that was about a reboot of Seinfeld, mm. and it was one of, and possibly my favourite season of, of the whole thing, and dealt with it brilliantly. Things like table reads and mm. the egos of the actors yeah. and what to, how to, uh, how you're reviving an old show was dealt with brilliantly in that particular series. But even taking that into account I still found this very entertaining and you're right and I was thinking all the way through I was thinking oh because I hadn't read much about it I was aware that it's become quite a big thing in America like it's definitely got very good reviews and gone down very well in in the States Mm -hmm. and I was thinking Disney Plus are are showing it here quite quickly unlike American Horror Story (laughs) Um, anyway and I was thinking what makes this special though because there's been loads of stuff about you know going back to Larry Sanders you know the just the world of is it a very smug self-aware thing about the world of television why should we be that interested in that? But then it's got this twist, as Beth referred to, that I will not spoil, mm. but is the end of the first episode yeah. where you reveal wh- quite why this new indie scriptwriter kind of hipster woman, mm. played by Rachel Boom, is so interested in reviving this fucking sitcom. And that is a very clever plot device that then t- changes the whole tenor of the whole series, because yeah. subsequently the whole thing is about this thing that I'm not going to spoil. Um, so... Uh, I thought it was really clever and smart in that way. And there are individual little moments that are really, they're really funny because it's, they're so current. I think there's something about dealing with really, really current stuff and discussing it, like your, the Handmaid's Tale reference, as you say, that kind of make it very liberating and entertaining. And, um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it has more bite than you think yeah. initially. And, I, I think you're absolutely right. I think that that changes because I watched the second episode as well, and it very much continues along those lines. Like that changes the dynamic of the entire show. For me, like the highlight of this was Paul Reiser, who I love. Yeah, I love Paul Reiser. Um, as well, yeah. Aliens is my all time favorite film, and it's it always kind of it was lost on me at the time when I first saw Aliens. But casting Paul Reiser, a famous comedian, in that villain role in Aliens was an incredible move by James Cameron, uh, and he's he's just so brilliant. But I love Mad About You. I'm I'm you big love fan Mad of Reiser. About You. Yeah, I loved loved. I Back in the day. When you understood comedies. Yeah, because <laughs> big mainstream sitcoms don't come more bigger mainstream than Mad About You. I enjoyed Mad About You because wow. again, I started watching it. So I like, it's Burke from Aliens, uh, but uh, but yeah, I liked it. There was a, remember there was a crossover, Friends Mad About You crossover. Absolutely, yeah. and and in fact, Paul Reiser, Paul Reiser has, is in Kirby Enthusiasm as well, yeah. Is he, yeah. Yeah. and indeed the boys. Yeah, uh, but yeah, so I thought it was fun. I thought this is I, this feels to me like it's a very three star show. If we're gonna add our arbitrary stars to things, uh, I feel like it's one of these things where it could have been like great, but. It's it's good. Like, it's a high mm. three. Like, I, I quite recommend it. And where I won for comedy, I'd probably watch more of these. Um, I agree yeah. with that. Yeah, I think, yeah, some, I think Beth, as Beth pointed out, some of the, like, dialogue could could do with a bit of um, beefing up and a bit of, you know... I just need a little, little bit of bite. Yeah, me. a little bit more. Yeah. Exactly. A little bit more bite. Every now and then there's a line where you think, oh, if every line in this show was, <laughs> was good like as that, that yes. yeah. and, and it's not quite. Exactly. So, yeah. But anyway, Reboot then, which is on Disney Plus from Boyd. When's it from? Oh, shit. I think it's from um, uh, Wednesday. This is the kind of precision that we uh, we go for on this podcast. <laughs> we think it's from Wednesday. It's probably Wednesday. We're not really sure, but it is on Disney Plus. Yeah. Next up, we have the anticipated return of the White Lotus, which takes another band of uber-wealthy holidaymakers to a different Lotus resort, this time in Sicily, uh, where Beth stayed. Uh, <laughs> Boydie, we already know you spent sleepless nights watching this, but how many stars would you give your stay at the Sicilian White Lotus? 
Oh, I mean, yeah, it's getting it's five stars for me. Um, I'm so jealous that Beth got to hang out in the in the location <laughs> where this masterpiece of a show yeah. was filmed. Beth, are you a what are they? Is it a petal? What are you? What is your what is your white lotus loyalty level? Oh my oh, god! Yeah, what, what is it? Know. Is she a? Pe- I can't remember. It's part of a plant. She says she's yeah. a blossom or something like that, and became anyway. Wherever it is, she's wherever it is, she's that. Sure. Yeah, and. This is almost what I loved about the first series of The White Lotus is Mike White, the writer, director, creator, etc., um, introduced you to a group of characters who all they had in common was they're all staying at the White Lotus Hotel in Hawaii and they're all super privileged, mm. entitled, rich in various different ways. And and then you, as you as you as he first introduced me, thought, oh, this is a kind of satire on on these people and their privilege, etc. While also commenting on that divide between the people who work in the service industry and have to fucking deal with these monsters and and cater to their every whim, and was also deepening those seemingly initially first one dimensional characters, not even, well, not not one dimensional, but characters who are you know we're supposed to think oh they are uber privileged etc. But you know for example Tanya, who is the the main character, who comes back this time the Jennifer Coolidge character. This time she does come back with the bloke she met in season one. I think that's not Greg, a spoiler to yeah, say. Yeah. She's married to him now. That weird man she met in series one, who I kept thinking there's something not right about yeah. him, but she still falls for him, gets married to him. Yeah. You know she is kind of part monster, part person you really really care about and care for. And it's a complete and, and and I think that goes for almost every single character. And what he does brilliantly over the course of the series, and we've been sent five episodes of this, and I've watched all five, as I said, yeah. last week's episode, <laughs> stayed after two in the morning because I couldn't stop watching them. Is just when you think you've got a handle on all of them, mm. all of the negative elements of all of the guest characters, yeah. that is, rather than the workers. He provides some new twist or new insight or new way that to turn them into a fully three-dimensional, rounded character. And it's such a clever way he does yeah. it. It's just the writing is so detailed yeah. and smart. And the and he takes his time. I think he's he, because well, the first series was such a hit. Much, and I've read interviews where he's completely stunned by how big it was, by how much. You've read my interview, and of course, I've read your interview um, in Empire Magazine. <laughs> that he clearly feels empowered because this, I feel, is even more of a slow burn than that first yes, series. Yes, absolutely. This is taking its sweet yeah. time. Oh yeah. To introduce you to these people yeah. and it's not and it's the opposite of soapy and melodramatic not much happens does it really it's a real slow burn it's this a real season, but I love that it's yeah. a slow burn in the greatest possible mm. sense because you're fascinated by every single character yeah. in this show they're all unbelievably authentic and real yeah. the four the, the, I think the most interesting the, there's these two couples there's a kind of old money couple um, led by Theo James his character yeah. and his wife and then you've got the his kind of buddy his kind of college buddy played by Will Sharp yes. who by the way is what an unbelievable talent he is he yeah. creates he directed fucking um, that thing with Olivia, Olivia Coleman. Coleman yeah um <laughs> which I forgot the name of. Yeah. And he's the st- and he's brilliant in this. Yeah. He's so good in this. Yeah. And that whole foursome is like, what's gonna happen with them? Then you're obs- I'm obsessed with Marco Imperioli's character oh, yeah. and him and his dad. There's three generations of toxic masculinity yeah. in that in that little group. You've got although toxic masculinity is such a kind of I would say it's it's 
the, the two the, generations. The, the grandson yeah. seems fairly... Well, the grandson is trans. Well, from well, the first episode I've seen. Okay. Okay. No, okay. no spoilers, but okay. I've seen five episodes. Okay. Um, and, uh, and, they, and, and, and then you've got the staff and the main, the, the main, the woman who works, who kind of, in, the manager of the hotel is so brilliantly imperious yeah. with everyone, including the guests. Oh, she is hilarious. got no time for no She's one. got no <laughs> time. She's obsessed with one of her employees. Yeah. But apart from that, she's really kind of has a kind of bitter slightly twisted and I'm brilliantly humorless like all the guests try and kind of like you know appeal to her sense of humor she's yeah. not having any of it yeah. she is brilliant yeah. and, and, and and she's the main kind of staff member you meet and then by the way suddenly like after, after the first few episodes um, Tom Hollander arrives yeah. I think in episode three or four maybe yeah and with his nephew, who is this Essex dude, who they have, I don't know how Mike White has written the most accurate, like the, the only way is Essex character I've ever seen. Yeah. But he's got it down to, he must have given that actor his due to kind of just, I don't know, just to be authentically Essex. Because his dialogue is brilliant. And his mysterious role and what happens to him is fascinating as well. I cannot say enough about how brilliant the show is. It totally lives up to the first season. I've read a couple of reviews that say it's not as good. I think they're mistaking the slightly slower pace mm-hmm. and that deliberate pace that I've talked about for the brilliance of the show. Yeah. And the whole thing is summed up for me in the very first episode. As my final comment is, there's a discussion of how much they love Ted Lasso. And it's so clever because it's like they're all sitting around going, oh, have you watched Ted Lasso? And they're going, yeah, I loved it. And they're going, I love it. And it works so brilliantly in being so current and so now and so zeitgeisty and you're thinking what does Mike White mean by this is he meaning are those of us who love Ted Lasso because yeah. it's slightly shallow and predictable <laughs> and oh, but but it's so complicated and so and such a clever way into those characters that 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 defines for me how brilliant he is at writing this show that scene was just amazing. I have a question. Yes. Who, who, when they began 2022, <laughs> thought this will be the year of Theo James's swinging cock? I know. Because yes. I've seen more of that man's penis this year than I ever <laughs> I like really the way thought that's your way was likely yeah. to happen. Yeah, Theo James of Time Travelers Away fame. Yeah. Yes, where he got his knob out in that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we should say the nudity, or the, 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 there's less ultra-shocking sex and nudity maybe but not much less there's still there's still a clear element again Beth asked, asked you about that in the, yeah. in, the, in your piece and he kind of said oh, he's not quite he didn't want to set out he didn't want to set out to to kind of you know do obviously shocking moments to, yeah. to, ref, to remind us of what those moments in series one yeah. but they're still there there's sec- the way he does directs the sex scenes and that is, he's so clever yeah. it's just it's just the authenticity of it I don't know how he does it yeah well he's a deeply human empathetic person I think right. it's like what yeah. the, the main thing is. I mean, for me, I'm, I'm obviously limited to what I can say because I did that big feature, but what is always a thrill for me is seeing what cast he gets in for this. Like, yeah. it was it was such a, a massive revelation with the first one. Obviously, he gifted us the angel that is Mary Bartlett. We got Jennifer Coolidge earning her first Emmy. You know, all these wonderful people coming together, kind of new talent, Sydney Sweeney, and then you have more established people, like, you know, Connie Britton, who brought so much to the, the dynamic. And then to see this new cast, Aubrey Plaza, who was just born to be in a Aubrey show Plaza. like this, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> who has a similar thing to Jennifer Coolidge, where Mike White just is mates with her and wanted her in the show. And she's obviously a standout, like, just brittle and tortured and dry um and then like will sharp as you say someone who i haven't actually seen on screen before being brilliant Haley lou richardson i really like as well so to see them all coming together as a big ensemble 
and bringing these new performances and discovering new performers is is wonderful. It's obviously yeah. great. I, and I fucking love it. Leo Woodall is the actor who plays that guy, the Jack, the nephew of um, yeah. of um, Tom Hollander's character, the Essex boy. Oh, he's the fu- Love Island guy. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. He's so brilliant, honestly. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. All of those, uh, just fantastic. Yeah. Was Sorry, the, James, I interrupted your point about No, penises, no, about penises. Yeah, about that's penises. fine. <laughs> but but uh, what I want to know is, I bet you stayed at this resort. Was it all that it appears to be there? So to be clear, I stayed in a resort just up the road, which was as glorious. But yeah, it was it was exactly what you see on screen. It was it was unbelievable. It was I will say not Swindon. <laughs> what, um, did you watch? Did, did you watch some filming particular bit? Yes, and I, I saw a few bits of it. So uh, okay. um, a few bits of Robbie Plaza, a little yeah. bit with. F. Um, Murray, Murray Abraham, Abraham. and yeah. Michael Imperioli yeah. kind of sparring. Oh yeah, I remember you other. talked about how you said I did. How you talked about how her bit she's she's look, disapprovingly looking at her yeah. husband and what who he's talking to, yes. butchering some toast. Yes. Oh, it was thrilling. Yes. It was absolutely she fucking thrilling. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, she's the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, who is the MVP? They're all so good. Exactly, Sorry, exactly that. Well, White Lotus season two then, which lands on Sky Atlantic Did you love it on the thirty first. I liked it. Oh, I'm, really I'm just, I'm conscious of time, which is why I'm moving <laughs> forward. But, uh, we're not being thrown out yet. Two minutes past twelve. It's fine. Yeah, we, we, we were supposed to be out at uh, okay. uh, anyway uh, past one, surely. One. Sorry, one. It says twelve on the clock in the studio. Yeah, the clock is wrong. Yeah. Uh, no, but uh, so here's the thing. So, did I enjoy the first episode? Yes, I'm going to rhetorical questions again. <laughs> did I enjoy the first episode? Yes. I love it when uh, you interview yourself. Did I think it was really good? Absolutely. Will I watch any more? Really? How can you not be addicted to the? I'm. I'm. I'm did you not finish the first series? I didn't finish the first. Because oh, of the cringe factor. Yeah, you can't a little bit. But then, then the first episode of this wasn't particularly cringe. No, so no. I didn't. I didn't struggle with the cringe of it, and I was interested, mm. but not enough that it kept me away from my fire fairies. Oh, anyway, 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 yeah. anyway. So that lands on thirty first on Sky Atlantic, and finally this week, while we have time to do it, we have Dangerous Liaisons, which revisits Les Liaisons Dangereuses, the eighteenth century novel by Pierre Chaudelot de Laclo, which I've butchered his name, I have no doubt. Beth, how dangerous was your liaison with this show in thirty seconds or less? Uh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very lavish, very sexy. I love Leslie Manville in anything. She's having such a great time on telly at the moment. I adore it. Um, yeah, big, sexy, rompy fun, big scale, lots to look at. Kind of trying to be Bridgerton, but a bit more grown up. Okay. <laughs> that was a brilliant thing. Did, did Theo James's cock make any kind of appearance? It did not. There did is not. some cock, I think. <laughs> oh my God, there's so much sex, sex in this. There is sex, there is, I don't this, know if there's pain. The first episode of this thing, honestly, chock-a-block with rampant shagging. Okay. Yeah. Including Olivia, not Olivia Cole, sorry. Including, <laughs> including um, Leslie Manville, as you said, yeah. like... Good for her. I mean, she gets into some gets, romping, um, yeah. major romping in this thing. It's kind of a prequel to the film versions, those that they made all came okay. out at the same time of Dangerous Liaisons, isn't it? It's like how yeah. Valmont got to where he was and how Camille got to where they were. And there's lots of people double-crossing each other and trying to bribe each other. It's still about how people, characters using sex mm. to as a weapon and as a kind of way of advancing their lives. And basically, this depiction of pre-French Revolution France is basically... Everyone is constantly having sex in oh, the yeah. street, in brothels, <laughs> wherever the fuck they want, yeah. and and trying to wield that over people as a as a, like almost like a superpower. And, and and Valmont, oh my god, he's literally having sex every five minutes yeah. with whoever constantly on a constant basis. Just whoever happens to be nearby. Whoever happens to be nearby. <laughs> so it is. I find it very entertaining, much more funny and entertaining than I thought. But it is the relentlessness of the shagging that is frankly extraordinary. There we go. Then yeah. dangerous liaisons, which comes to Lionsgate Plus. Yes. Uh, when does it come? 
Um, <laughs> no pun intended. Quickly <laughs> looking through my copy of here. When is it on? Oh, Sunday. On Sunday. Sunday. Lionsgate Plus on Sunday. A little rumpy pumpy to end the weekend. <laughs> uh, what is our pick of the week? It's the White Lotus. Oh, yeah, of course it is. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah. Okay, yeah. good. Well, that was nice and easy. Okay, that is it for this week's show. Well, I will say next week... You haven't I'm done gonna... what else is on. I oh, mean, what else is quickly, on? Quickly, the Mosquito on. Coast Series 2, Friday. Yes, 10 new episodes of that show. <laughs> Who knew? Can't wait. It's happening. <laughs> flowers in the Attic, the origin. If anyone knows the Flowers in the Attic, one of them are campus, most demented over-the-top films in history. There's a whole Paramount Plus um, series called The Origin coming with the great um, Jemima Rupa. That's on Paramount Plus Tuesday. Uh, that might be... Oh, there's a, there's a one-off thing about First Contact and an alien encounter. What would happen if aliens were actually discovered it's a dramatised documentary with actual scientists involved and a drama Amazing. Bit about um, aliens yeah and um, the good doctors about Sky Witness now on uh, Tuesday and a oh, blockbuster oh, is yes, blockbuster. Netflix on Friday, which mm. we were, which was embargoed. Which we wanted to see, but is embargoed. It's Netflix's. Yeah. Si- it's a sitcom about the last blockbuster store mm. in America, and there genuinely is one blockbuster. And store as someone left in pointed out, having Netflix do a show about yeah. the demise of blockbuster oh, feels a little lost. bit like dancing on someone's grave, doesn't 100%. it? Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah, here yeah. We are. they've done yeah. a documentary about blockbuster as well. They're fucking obsessed with blockbuster. Yeah. <laughs> You know, they're covering up the scene of the murder, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, so anyway, that is it. I, will, I promise I will sort out the bookings so we are slightly less rushed at the tail end of the show next week. I will be slightly more organised so that the reviews do not suffer. Apologies for that. Uh, but that's it for this week's spooky, well, not at all spooky, really, Halloween edition of the podcast. Uh, if you'd like to leave us a treat, please do so on Apple Podcasts in the form of a five-star rating. If it's a trick, then you can find Boyd at Boyd Hilton on Twitter and Instagram. Meanwhile, I'm James C. Dyer. Beth is at Beth K. Webb. And you can address all your contributions for the post bag to us at Pi. TV pod. Now, next week, Hugo Blick's Western with Emily Blunt, the English, arrives on our screens. Meanwhile, The Crown returns for season five and Mythic Quest returns for season three, but all of that pales compared to the triumphant and long overdue return of Warrior Nun, which comes <laughs> smashing back onto Netflix the very same week. If you're looking for a habit that will break you, then that show has got you covered. Until then, pilot out. <laughs> <laughs> 